don't eat the cookies. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. It is time for another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and uh, my wife and I just came back from a week-long trip to Costa Rica, and it was spectacular. We had a wonderful time. It's a beautiful country. And uh, we spent most of the time just sitting on the beach and uh, decompressing a little bit uh, over uh, the last couple months. So we really needed that. And so it's been a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, Before I get too much further into this podcast, I do want to say uh, that the topic uh, for this podcast uh, does require some parental discretion. Um, we are going to be tackling some uh, big issues, and I just want to warn parents uh, to use their discretion as far as the age of the children listening to this. However, I will say, as I've said before, um, I would recommend that teenagers listen to this because this is about culture that affects them tremendously. And so we will get into that uh, in just a moment. Uh, I had a COVID test down in Costa Rica because they required that uh, to get back into the United States. You had to have a negative COVID test. So I got the swab up the nose uh, and then I got home and about two days ago, uh, I got pretty sick. I still feel pretty pretty lousy actually as I'm doing this podcast, but the show must go on, right? And uh, so you're going to feel uh, probably hear a little bit of a scratchy voice and I'm somewhat congested, but because of that and because of my job, I had to get COVID tested again. So that's two swabs up the nose in one week. And so you can uh, can feel sympathy for me in that regard. But both my tests were negative. So I don't know exactly what I have, but I know what I don't have. I don't have COVID. Um, so that is good. Uh, I appreciate uh, the uh, feedback about facts about the vax. I've done a couple uh, last two podcasts were about that topic And I always appreciate the feedback. And if you did give me feedback, please know that I'm listening to those and uh, ultimately will form a response again down the road because there's so much to talk about, uh, especially about that topic as well. But I appreciate, again, the the honor and the feedback. This is what I'm after. Uh, So pushbackculture.org. Pushbackculture.org is a place to leave comments, questions, um, and of course to donate, uh, which I really appreciate as well. As we continue, and I look forward to starting season three uh, this January as well. I, uh, I, I'm fired up about a topic that uh, may become a little bit of a series here as well. Um, and it started when I was a privy to a conversation uh, with a teenage girl. I wasn't directly involved in this conversation, but um, I know of it. And, uh, and it was interesting because... Uh, the conversation was about premarital sex and, and, uh, and relationships before marriage. And, and this girl who, as far as my understanding is, was raised in a Christian home, um, was pretty much making the case that, Hey, everyone does it. And, and making the very interesting case that the Bible doesn't say that it's wrong. 
And it was super alarming to me uh, as a minister, as a father, as a as a cultural reformist that I like to I like to be. That there's something missing here. Um, there's a disconnect that's taking place that has ta- that has taken place in our society and especially with our young people. And you know, this is this this push this podcast is about pushing back. And I often say, you know, if you're on, if you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. And we need to push back with as much strength and fervor uh, that the culture is pushing us. And, and that's the only way that we literally turn the tide in the analogy. And so when I hear things like this in this conversation, I'm going, what on earth? How, where, where have we missed? Where, what has gone awry? And how is this behavior, uh, as far as premarital sex, how has that become such a commonplace in our society and those who are the gatekeepers, those of us, the parents, the pastors, the, the leaders, the teachers, where, where have we missed? Where have we dropped the ball in clear communication with our kids? And why does it even matter? And so I want to get into some of these topics because I believe that we're really on a precipice um, and our culture is really hurting right now. And I feel like um, we have an answer, of course, as the ambassadors of heaven. And so to be very clear to you, my listeners, some of you may hear what I just said and, and the argument of this young lady that the Bible doesn't really say that premarital sex is wrong or outside of a boundary, um, but it clearly does. <laughs> and for instance, Hebrew 13.4 talks about the boundary itself. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Kept pure, that means without fornication or adultery, uh, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So what is he referring to here? We're referring to those who are cheating on their spouse and those who are having sex outside of marriage. You know, the word fornication is having sex with anybody who is not your spouse. (laughs) That's the simple definition. And the Bible is filled with warnings about sexual immorality and fornication. And so it is very clear very clear about the Bible's stance and the boundary that the Lord has put around us as human beings and sexuality. Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So the Bible is very clear about what the boundary is. And we also know that living outside of a boundary, we learned that since the Garden of Eden, that there are serious consequences to that behavior. And I want to ask this young lady if if the Bible seems to be unclear or if everybody is doing it, then it must be okay. If that's the philosophy, I would like to hear her philosophy regarding prostitution. Does she think that's okay? Those are two consenting adults engaged in sexual behavior with someone who is not their spouse. How do we feel about that? And if you don't have a good feeling about it, why? What about adultery straight up? What about adultery to consenting adults having sex outside of marriage? We can go further in the realm of sexual immorality. How do we feel about pornography? You know, the Bible says nothing about pornography. (laughs) But we know, we know that there is a boundary there. A boundary that when we live outside the boundary, there's consequences. 
See, boundaries are placed by a loving God for us, not to torture us, to be mean to us, to to uh, have us uh, um, live within a boundary that is unattainable. But it's put on us so that within the boundary, we can operate in complete freedom. And we serve a God who actually offers us free will. Since the Garden of Eden, there's always been two trees. And I love that about him because he could simply enslave us and we could simply robotically follow him and his measures and his edicts. But he actually wants to be in a relationship with us. So he gives us something, but then places a boundary around it for its original purpose for which it was created. So it seems like, doesn't it? It seems like that when we become teenagers and we go through puberty and we have this this change, this sexual desire, this sexual drive, that it's something that's given to us obviously by God, and yet we are not supposed to use it <laughs> until we are married. So why would he do that to us? It's like it's like this plate of cookies that he's baked for us and set it on the counter and said, this is for when you get married. And we sit and we stare and we smell this beautiful pan of freshly baked cookies. And we say, well, why would he do that? It's actually a gift that's actually given to us for our marriages. That's what it is intended to be used for. And and outside of marriage, there is a boundary that is placed there that we are not to eat of those cookies until we are married. So why is that? Well, we always look at it from the negative side and we say, well, he gives this to us and then tortures us with it. But actually, the truth of the matter is he's given us this wonderfully baked pan of cookies that's actually drawing us towards marriage. It's a great gift in marriage. It's a gift in marriage that was designed for fruitfulness, of course, but also intimacy and deep intimacy that is given to a husband and a wife. That's why it was created. And so we can take that creation and we can move it outside of the boundary and try to use it for our selfish, lustful purposes. But guess what? It causes pain because we are living outside of a boundary. That's how he's created it to be. And so if you are a teenager listening to this podcast, I want to be super clear that the Bible absolutely has created this boundary for you, not against you, but for you. Because someday you are to become married, and when you do, he is offering you this great gift called sex within a boundary and within a marriage. And it's a beautiful, powerful thing, and it was what it was intended to be. And so because everybody is eating the cookies before they're married doesn't actually change the boundary. (laughs) That's what we have to understand. And for some reason, this has not been communicated to our young people or not communicated well. And so maybe this podcast can be a start, a start of a conversation to be super clear that sex is intended for marriage only. And anything outside of that boundary is something that it was not even created for and can actually cause harm. You know, we actually read in Genesis um, where it says, you know, Adam knew Eve and they conceived and and, um, and had a son. Well, that... They knew each other, obviously, is the sexual act that 
caused her to become pregnant and had a child. We get that. But the word new is the word yada, and it's it's the word of deep intimacy. It's, a, it's beyond just the physical aspect of sex in marriage. It's actually where you yada with someone and you actually interchange and have this deep intimacy where you actually become one flesh, soul and body. And, and, and the soul connection, the mind, the will, the emotions, the feelings that we have actually we create a oneness. And the act of sex, the physical act of sex is actually the covenantal act of the marriage marriage and the marriage bed. And the word one, where it says a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. The word one is the word echad. And the word echad is um, a word that actually talks about becoming one unique flesh. You become something different because it's not just you anymore, but it's, it's we as one. We become oneness, something uniquely unique and new. So when we are handed a plate of cookies and say, this is for your marriage and you aren't to use it or eat it until then, see, we have a choice. We have a choice to live within the boundary and to pursue the yada with our spouse someday. And anything of value requires sacrifice. And that's what he's asking for us for those years until we become married. See, cookies... (laughs) are designed to be delicious in marriage. But outside of marriage, and please hear me in this, they will make you sick. If you eat the cookies outside of the boundary for which they were baked, it will make you sick. It's called a boundary. It's called a boundary. That's why in 1 Corinthians 6.16, he talks about, he says, Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? The word one is the word echad. They're saying, don't you understand that when you go and hire a prostitute and you engage in sexual activity, that you are actually becoming deeply intimate with her? And it says, for it is said, the two shall become one flesh. They, in 1 Corinthians, they're quoting Genesis and the boundary that was created in Genesis. And we live outside of that boundary and have sex with somebody who is not our spouse. Guess what? We are actually exchanging our soul and our body with them. And we actually create, there's a, there's a spiritual and soulish exchange that takes place that's very serious. And that's why we have to not eat the cookies until we're married. This is why he has us wait. So under covenant, all I have is yours and all you have is mine. And so when we hook up with somebody who's not our spouse and we have sex with them, guess what? We are exchanging soul-ish information with each other. It becomes part of who we are. And guess what? So when you are sleeping around and you are having multiple sexual partners and you are engaging in this activity, guess what? You are receiving all of the crap from these other people into your soul. My friends, guess what that amounts to? Guess what that equals to? Depression, anxiety, fear, worry. Even suicidality, all of the things that we are seeing in society is the result of eating the cookies. Because when you eat cookies outside of a boundary, it'll make you sick. And that's what we are seeing in unprecedented numbers in our young people. 
the amount, the percentage of children, the percentage of teenagers on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication is staggering. It's staggering. And are you telling me that we can't connect the dots? They are, they are engaging in a reckless behavior outside of the Lord's perfect boundary and, and they're bringing into their soul things that, were, that they, are, that they are, are, are yada-ing with. And they are becoming an echad with these people who are showing no commitment to them whatsoever. So you may say, well, we're living together, so we're in a committed relationship. My friends, if you are not married, it is the actual definition of being un or non-committed to each other. <laughs> There's nothing that's keeping you from walking out the door. You are engaging in a covenantal act, and yet there is no covenantal position. And it results in pain and anxiety, and it's going to make you sick. So I'm not here trying to be this prude and saying, hey, I understand these cookies look really good and you should eat one because they taste great. That's what the world is saying. But I'm saying that if you eat them, they're going to make you sick. And this is the messaging that our children need to hear, that we're putting this loving boundary around them to protect them and to keep them safe. And I believe that parents, pastors, leaders, teachers, we've all been complicit in this sickness. This is what we've been seeing. Parents feel powerless, so they just let them eat. Pastors just simply stop talking about cookies altogether. <laughs> we don't know what to say, so we're just going to not talk about cookies. We'll just pretend that they aren't there. Culture and society has told them that it's normal to eat and that you're weird if you don't. And then what about Hollywood? Oh, my word, my friends. Hollywood is not only saying that it's normal for them to eat, but it's telling them that it won't make them sick. It's telling them that you get to be cool like these people, these really good-looking people on the screen. That could be you. My wife and I, as I mentioned, we're down in Costa Rica for a week. And so one night after sitting on the beach all day, we decided we're going to watch a movie. And so we started scanning through the movies and we see this, you know, romantic comedy with Reese Witherspoon, which we always liked her as an actress, had Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. And so some bigger name actors. And, and the general plot was that, you know, Chris Pine and Tom Hardy were these CIA agents that both fall in love with the same girl. And of course the, the conflict and the humor was all supposed to spin off of that. My friends, it was like the worst movie ever. And, and of course, Reese Witherspoon has this friend who is speaking to her and giving her relational advice from such a perverted, um, over-the-top sexual um, dialogue. And it was supposed to be funny, but it was absolutely perverted and beyond even measure. <laughs> and the plot of this was just continued to get worse and worse. And of course, I'm sitting there with Amy, like, who could even write this? It's so brutal. And so there's a scene where Reese Rotherspoon can't decide who she's going to have as her boyfriend. And so she makes the conclusion with her friend that she's just going to sleep with both of them. And that'll be, that'll kind of decide the tiebreaker. <laughs> My friends, there is such a casual aspect towards sex that, that it can be used as a tiebreaker relationally. I mean, are you kidding me? 
And it's so over the top and perverted and perverse. And I, I can't even get my mind around it. And I left just agitated. There's something culturally in me, if you haven't guessed, that I get, I get agitated when I see these things. Because I'm thinking, what has gone wrong? Hollywood is saying, eat the cookies. It's the right thing to do. In fact, it might even help you make a decision. <laughs> eat the cookies. Nothing bad will happen. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Do you remember in the Garden of Eden when they had a boundary about what they could and couldn't eat? Does this sound familiar? And Satan comes along and says, you won't die. It'll be fine. In fact, your eyes will be open and you'll be like, God, it'll be great. Does this sound familiar? This is what Hollywood is telling our children right now in the way that they should talk, in the way that they should dress, in the way that they should act, the what dating means. And in Hollywood, they look across the room, they smile at each other, they kiss once and they fall into bed. This is, what's, this is what is being portrayed to our children as normal. But instead of normal, it's actually making them sick. My friends, this girl that I referenced earlier, who is trying to, to make the case for her behavior, is suffering from anxiety, depression, and even suicidality. I mean, hello? Are we seriously not able to connect these dots? The cookies are making her sick. I can't be any clearer about it. And if you're a teenager listening to this, this is a warning to you. And this isn't about just about just withholding the things that are pleasurable. It's not just about that. It's about a loving boundary and why they were baked in the first place. And yes, it will absolutely require sacrifice and self-control to not reach out and eat them. I get it. I understand. I, I, I get it. <laughs> but anything that's worth anything requires sacrifice. And that is the gift that you can offer your spouse someday. Is that yes, there were cookies, but I waited to eat them until I married you. Because that's why they were baked in the first place. And my friends, that brings such an alignment, such an enjoyment such a guilt-free, baggage-free existence. Do you realize the baggage that people are walking around with relationally and emotionally because of the sexual behavior? My friends, we've had 50 years, I've said this before on the podcast, a 50-year test tube of free love in this country. And guess what? It's not working. People are sick. Living outside of his boundary will make you sick. So I'm calling for a sexual revolution. The key word there is revolt. We, we, we need to be able to see a movie like we saw in Costa Rica and come to the conclusion that that is revolting. <laughs> it should trigger a revolt in us that says, that says this is hurting our children. This, this cultural bankruptcy, this this moral bankruptcy that our culture is offering to our children is killing them. It's making them sick. And we need to revolt. We need to change the culture so that when it's seen and when it's heard, it feels revolting. And we need to, we need to push up, push back against this current tide 
and rise up. I'm going to be speaking to parents and to pastors, to young adults themselves. You can set the example. You can be the example. This generation is calling for it. I'm going to call out to to creatives and to, to writers. Writers, please, 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 please. Rise up and write real, true love stories with real romance. Not this crud that's being transmitted over Hollywood. So I think this will be a series as I'm calling for this cultural revolution. I want to speak more about this issue, the things that the tangible things that we can do. And of course, it's going to start with parents speaking to their children. We need to be unafraid to broach this subject. Pastors, it's time to start talking about the cookies. We have to. If we don't do it, who will? Thank you for listening to me this week because we are the ones that set the culture. I believe that. We are the ambassadors of heaven that have a real answer. A real answer. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Oh,